Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. Yep, I'm a tree hugger, and you should be as well. Most of my adult life, I've been passionate about protecting our forests and seeking to reestablish our connections with the natural world. This is Nature's Edge, and I am your host, Dale Stewart. Our guest today is uh, Program Director at Dogwood Alliance. Dogwood Alliance is a, a, a local and, um, and, and really national uh, uh, conservation group involved with uh, protecting our, our nation's forest. And uh, the uh, Program Director for Dogwood Alliance is Adam Coletti. And Adam, welcome to Nature's Edge. Thanks, Dale. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. Why don't we just start off by you giving us, giving the, uh, giving the audience a little background in Dogwood Alliance. Yeah, so um, Dogwood Alliance was formed in 1996. Um, so for o- over 20 years, um, Dogwood Alliance has been working um, to protect southern forests and communities from destructive industrial logging. You know, we operate regionally, so we have a regional focus, but you're right there in your intro that we do um, do work on both the national and the international level. And the reason is because the U.S. South, which is our region of focus, so when I say the U.S. South, I mean like from Virginia down to Florida and then the East Coast over to like East Texas and Arkansas is kind of the area that we focus in on. And the reason that we do that national and international work as well as locally here in the U.S. South is the U.S. South is one of the world's largest wood-producing regions. Um, we, are, um, we are one of the world's largest top pulp-producing. So when I say pulp, I mean for like things like paper and toilet paper and paper towels, as well as we are the world's largest producer of wood pellets, which are being burned in power stations. So that those enormous logging rates have had a serious detrimental impact on the forest and the local economies of of communities in the US south um and uh we 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 are the one organization that specifically focuses on challenging that industry's growth and working with them to increase their sustainability in in this major region yeah, that's uh, you know I grew up in in Louisiana and 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 uh, in, in a part of Louisiana where there's a lot of forest production, a lot of paper mills, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of lumber mills, and and I can remember when I was in high school, uh, you know, the, these big companies would come in and clear cut literally thousands of acres and just yeah know, take down everything, and now to to the credit we did uh, and they did replant. Uh, you know the the trees, but uh, as you know, it takes a while to uh, to get even though it's a sustainable product to get that product back to a to a harvest side. Uh, I don't think they do, and you may correct me on this. I don't think they do as much clear cutting um, either here or in other areas of the country as they used to. Well, in in fact, um, I, I uh, the clear cutting is still a very very common practice. Uh, throughout the U.S. South, and and um, folks at Dogwood and folks within the industry will um, tell you that that's they still very much clear cut. And the 
the issue is that we have continually, continually only valued our forests when they have been logged and not when they're standing. Um, And so what that creates is this cause to continually commodify the forest. And you mentioned replanting, and this is often something that I tell people about. Of course, if if a forest is cut and replant, you know, cut down, um, you one would think that replanting it is a good thing. But um, and and I'm not opposed to that. But often, what happens in the U.S. South is we cut down our diverse natural forests that are providing critical services to our community, like flood protection, like storm surge protection, like habitat, like homes for pollinators places to recreate. And when that natural forest is cut down, it's, it's say, oh, we replant, but it's replanted in a monoculture pine plantation. So it's turning our natural diverse forests into a monoculture crop that's being treated more like agriculture than an actual healthy forest ecosystem that we, we critically need at this time. And so in the, in the past 60 years, we have lost 33 million acres of natural forest in in the U.S. South. And during that time, plantations, pine plantations, have grown by about 40 million acres. So we're essentially turning our forest from a natural forest landscape into an industrial forest landscape. And um, that's not good in this era of climate change and loss of biodiversity. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you uh, on those things, Adam. So what's what's the answer? I mean, you know, we, we have an economy uh, and a building economy especially that's really driven uh, by that timber industry. So, so what do we do? Yeah, so, you know, I think that this is this is a great question, and, it, and it's something that um, – you know, we are continually working at. I think that it's it's partially something that needs to be addressed at, at both a national level, all the way down to a local level. And the one thing that we need to do is we need to begin to account and, like I said, and to begin to value um, our our natural forests when they are standing and incentivizing people to keep and to let those natural forests grow. So that can look something on a very basic level like increased and improved funding and access to landowners who hold those natural forests. They, they need to say, hey, we want you to keep that forest, you know, as a natural, healthy forest, and, and we're going to incentivize you to do that through like a conservation easement or something like that. Um, and in terms of a local community and their reliance on a, a forest economy, you know, I grew up in southeastern Kentucky. So I grew up in, in coal country. Sure. And I often compare this industrial timber extraction economy to the coal country. You know, that was that was an economy that southern Appalachia in Kentucky and West Virginia, Virginia relied on. Um, and when that went away, um, and even during while it was there, we saw that the economic benefits to those communities weren't really there. And now that coal has begun to leave or has basically left from southern Appalachia, those communities are struggling to figure out what to do. And so I think that while there's a lot of lessons there, we also need to understand that the logging communities in South Georgia and the panhandle of Florida and Louisiana and eastern North Carolina face these same situation. They have an extraction of their natural resources. They, um, it's a detriment to their health. There's very low property values, and 
somebody else, you know, up in a big city is making money, and the people down on the land are are still. In, these are some of the poorest communities in the South. We often say at Dogwood, you know, if if logging brought wealth to communities, we would have some of the richest places in the world, um, because there's a lot of logging. But it's but those communities are still very poor, and so we need to begin to be able to value the, our forests while they're standing, and to build diverse economies um, that are based off of things like you know retirees and tourism and um, access to natural spaces and and hunting and fishing and the outdoor industry, which is a huge boom in the South. Um, but instead, we extract those natural resources, export the profits and leave the community and the landscape degraded. Yeah, uh, that, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of, of being in the outdoors and, and getting into the forest and, and adults getting their children in, uh, into the forest so that they appreciate the, the, uh, the natural world more than, uh, than we have in the past. And I believe one of the ways uh, to, to get people to appreciate it is to get them out there uh, as part of it. Yeah. Very much so, very much so. I think people getting outside, you know, we have um, we have some of the most uh, incredible and biologically diverse um, forests um, in, in the nation. You know, when people think of, of forests and you say, oh, what are the, you know, amazing forests of the U.S., sometimes people go to the Redwoods or, or you know, out in California. But really the U.S. South is the most diverse forest ecosystem in in the country we have the highest we have the highest tree species diversity we have some of the highest freshwater aquatic diversity in the entire world and so to get out there in the swamps and the bottomlands and the mountains of southern appalachia and you know the longleaf pine forests in south carolina and georgia i mean these are just incredible places that inspire so much awe and and um, excitement um, for for Southerners. Yeah, and and you know, Adam, I, I'm a huge wetlands guy, and I think people yeah. forget uh, what role that our forests play in 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 our wetlands. Right, right. Yeah, we. Um, so one of the things that we do here at Dogwood is uh, a couple of years ago we started the Wetlands Forest Initiative, which is a multi-stakeholder, multi-state. Um, conservation initiative that is working to protect millions of acres of wetland forests across 14 states. And that's something that Dogwood Alliance in our work, we do a lot of. We really work to bring people together and get people to work together towards a common goal. And that's what we're doing with the Wetland Forest Initiative. And part of that reason is that we are focused on wetland forests is these are some of the most critical forests that, that we have standing, and yet they are also some of the most threatened. And when I say critical for our communities, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, we have seen incredible natural disasters, flooding, hurricanes, and our wetland forests are natural protection against those storms. And so the healthier and the more wetland forests that we have, the more that we can protect, the safer our communities are going to be. And um, they also contain a huge amount of biodiversity. So, you know, the more animal species that we're going to have, which is, which is benefiting everybody. Um, and, and so we do that um, with partners from across the South, 
um, with uh, national organizations and uh, state forestry organizations, working with them in hand to uh, protect our wetland forests. Yeah, Adam, where does uh, Dogwood Alliance stand when it comes to uh, cutting of underbrush and and removal of, um, you know, raking, so-called raking the forest? Uh, um, Is this a good thing in in your mind as it relates to particular wildfires? Yeah, you know, I think... um it's a it's an interesting question, and I think some of that has to be assessed on a, on a case by case basis. Um, Agree. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, I, I think that that's what I will say is I think that that ideology is often used by industry, um, industrial timber industry, to as more reason to to log more forests. You know, um, and I I don't know that I, I think that that. It is used often to just increase logging instead of actually um, healthy healthy management um, and and protection of forests. You know, fire is a naturally occurring um, f- phenomenon in our forests. No, absolutely. And 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 what we have done over you know the past years and years is just suppress this fire, suppress the fire, suppress the fire. And so when you when you you know now if it occurs um, a lot due to that fire suppression and are uh, not letting the forest kind of naturally occur, then you know it it, it often occurs at higher rates and um, and and more intensely. But what I will also say is that when you have a healthy forest ecosystem and that's one that has developed there is brush the trees are bigger um, you know you have you have lots of different species and plant types and the soil is rich and moist and healthy soil then the fire doesn't actually isn't as intense and when you see a fire burn in a natural forest you know, it, it moves through and it doesn't do as much damage. But when you see a fire happen in a degraded forest, in one that's a plantation or these really, you know, degraded young forests that are often around our suburbs and shopping malls, you know, then it blows right through. And so I think the ultimate solution is to keep, is to allow more of our forest to grow you know, nearly 80% of our our forests in the U.S. South are less than 30 years old. That is a travesty when you think about how old forests can grow. Sure. Um, and, and we need to continue to let our forests grow older. And when they grow older and when they become healthier in terms of their ability to function as a, an ecosystem, they will actually become, you know, we will be able to deal with the fires better. And so, you know, is there some kind of clearing and moving out as a protection for a community that's located near a threatened area? You know, potentially in that scenario, it could be a good thing. But what we don't need to do is kind of take this blanket approach and say, oh, we need to keep keep logging the forest so that it doesn't burn because that's going to get us into a worse position than we already are. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's all good uh good stuff adam and and, and you know it, it's it, you you remember the big fire in uh yellowstone a number of years ago yeah and, and uh i happened to be up there uh, uh oh i guess a few years after that after that fire and and as you know they they let it burn and uh it was really amazing to see how how 
that forest and nature recovered from that that sort of natural event and it it seems like every time man tries to get involved with uh, uh, managing an ecosystem we almost manage it to death rather than let nature uh, take its course exactly exactly and you know those fires out west the ones that get attention you know we call them forest fires yeah um, and and they're tragedies uh, undoubtedly but the ones that get attention are the ones that are actually occurring kind of in towns and neighborhoods those aren't the actual like you know it's it's not it's more brush out in california the ones that have occurred like you said in yellowstone or the fires in yosemite that occur in i guess what i'll call the back country yes. you know or mm-hmm. like the forest um you know, they, they they burn and then they regenerate very quickly. Not all the trees burn, you know, they burn on the bottom and it's it's this naturally thing. But what the industry often likes to use is these shocking images of communities burning and then use that as a provocative to then go into the backcountry and log old growth forests, you know, saying that we're doing this under, under fire suppression. So it's a real slippery slope when... Um, you know, you're using you're using um, you know tragedies to just increase logging, which isn't solving the problem. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's very similar to to the flooding issues that we have. And you know, growing up in South Louisiana, I can remember the the natural flooding that we had there that sort of replenished the uh, the marshes of South Louisiana. Right. Uh, then we came in and we started building all these dikes and dams and things that uh, and, and trying to control that flooding and control that that. Uh, those events and actually what happened um, it made it worse exactly exactly and you know Dale there's I think you bring up a really good point there and you know it is undoubtedly um, true right now that 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 the the US South and our communities here in North Carolina and and across the South are, are facing impacts from climate change and you know we talk about solutions um, and one of those solutions needs to be how do we make our communities um, and our economies more resilient to these impacts? And I think you speak to it a little bit there. And we have to begin to break away from this mindset, which is simply just, you know, how can we distance ourselves from natural occurrences and begin to develop and incentivize through policy, through um, through our business and through our economics, through our individual choices, how can we begin to actually work more in conjunction with the way that the natural systems function? Because that actually makes us more resilient to this flooding, to these fires, to the, the natural, you know, um, disasters that are coming. And if we continue to remove ourselves from them and try to protect ourselves, then it's only going to get worse and worse and worse, and specifically worse for those who are, um, you know, don't have the resources to leave. Yeah. You know, specifically for the people who are poor, for the people who are, you know, um, oppressed by our systems, and they're the ones that face the brunt of the impacts. And, um, you know, we, we really have to begin to be able to um, begin to be more resilient and work with nature instead of try to be working against it. Well, you know, I agree. Adam, we just have a couple of minutes left here. I want to, if people wanted to uh, learn more about Dogwood Alliance or, or make a donation to you guys, how, how do they do that? I, I know you have a website. Could you give them some contact information? Yeah, uh, certainly. So our website is um, dogwoodalliance.org. 
Um, and they can go on there, and, and you can read all about um, our, our programs and the work that we do. Um, uh, we work from both a community level all the way to an international level, um, but we're focused here to protect Southern Forests. So dogwoodalliance.org. You can also find us on um, on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, what have you. So it's, if you just search at Dogwood Alliance, uh, you'll be able to find that. Um, the donate button is right there. And as well, there's, you know, you can sign up. We send out monthly newsletters um, on our email list, and there's all kinds of ways that, that you can get involved um, with the work that we're doing. Uh, and we'd really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it, this, this takes a movement. You know, Dogwood has certainly been around for 20 years, but um, we wouldn't be able to do the work that uh, we would do without um, support from our community, as well as, you know, we're not going to be able to win in the long run without all of us joining together and doing our part and working together um, for healthy forests and for strong communities. Adam, you know I'm a big, uh, big fan and a big supporter of what you guys do, and and uh, look forward to uh, being able to to again work with you guys more in the future. You've been listening to uh, Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, and uh, we'll see you down the trail. And and Adam, thank you guys for what you do, my friend. Thank you so much, Dale. Have a great day. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.